Well, another good morning. It's good to be together this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. And welcome to October. Fall is here. I uh, shared earlier, I saw this cute sign in Mason the other day, and it said uh, uh, something to this effect that summer should get a speeding ticket because it goes by way too fast. So I thought that was cute. But I do love fall. I don't know if anybody else loves fall. I love the changes in the trees and the pumpkins and on all of the great candles. So, uh, so excited to welcome uh, fall. So we are continuing in our Grounded Sermon Series, and I am talking this morning about prayer and two-way conversation and communication with God. What does that look like? Not only communication with others, but what does our communication with God look like? And we know that it's meant to be a two-way conversation, not just us the ones talking all the time, but how we are listening and hearing from the Lord. So I did a, a little bit of... Um, research for this message and I, I uh, looked up the National Institute of Health uh, that talked about developing effective communication skills and I thought gosh this is so appropriate not only for us as we communicate with each other uh, but also the Lord's so the first thing it said was to be an active listener do you know that most people listen uh, to to hear right not to hear and listen but to respond but to respond and they hear every word that you said but they didn't listen to a darn thing right because they're listening to respond. They're already thinking about what they're going to say. And some of this may be you, some of uh, maybe someone that you know. And then research also says that communication is a process. Learn to pay attention and be present. It's so hard with all of the distractions that we have nowadays. We need to work on being present. So I'm just saying, everybody needs to pay attention and be present, amen? <laughs> so we're going to be present this morning as we are uh, with the Lord uh, this morning. And then be attuned to body language, not only our body language, but other, others' body language. And I, I can't help but think, you know, you're having a conversation like this, immediately you think, okay, this is not being received. And then sometimes I think, okay, how am I uh, being received in terms of my posture? Uh, posture, eye contact, all of that so important with how we communicate. And then I think of, too, what's our posture and our communication uh, look like with our body language when we're in our prayer time with the Lord? So how we communicate in our relationships, whether they would be in our families, work life, friends, it's important. Uh, listening, uh, are, are we hearing or are we listening? There is a difference. And then are we being present and are we allowing distractions just to be in the background and uh, not distract us? And then how are we aware of our body language? And then we have uh, communication in terms of how we receive our information, uh, whether it would be social media, the news, apps, blogs, podcasts, talk radio, conversations, all kind of things, right? How we receive communication. Uh, what are the sources that we're listening to? I say this quite often. What are the sources that we're listening to and how credible are the sources and what are their motives? Uh, I don't know if it's only me or might be a few others, but we've become skeptics of everything. You know, whether you're reading it or you're seeing it on the news, it's like, okay, is there a motive with this? Uh, is it true? Um, and try to just wrestle with what we're hearing. And this morning we're going to take a look at a, a passage um, from... Um, from uh, the Gospels and uh, in particular uh, Matthew. And Jesus is uh, talking about prayer and he talks about the Pharisees, but then also he gives us tools on how uh, we are to pray. And, and Jesus, he says, we're to examine our motives to make sure that we're not showing off because the Pharisees were showing off. And I believe that there are show offs in the world, but there are some folks 
that are genuine and they are humble. I uh, read a story about Dolly Parton, this was several months ago, and she quietly donated a million dollars to fund the research for the uh, Moderna vaccine a while back. And uh, she, just because you know she's a star and donated all this money, she had to wait to get her vaccine. She didn't jump to the front of the line. And it was really cute when she got her vaccine. Uh, in her quick wit, she said she got a dose of her own medicine. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. And she has this foundation that's in honor of her dad, uh, who never learned how to read. And so she gifts books uh, to little children. In fact, my grandson gets one of those in the mail, and he gets so excited uh, when it gets delivered. I believe her to be humble, generous, gentle, and a, a kind person who is a sister in Christ. You see, our, our culture has become so polarized that we question the motives of every piece of news that we ingest. Is it true? Is it false? Is it a half-truth? And who do we trust? And what do we believe? So this morning, we're, we're leaning into prayer according to Jesus. And what does it look like to communicate with God? I'm going to give you some context of our passage uh, before we jump in. So Jesus, he's addressing the Pharisees. And they, uh, the Pharisees were religious leaders of the day. And they would gather three times a day for prayer, nine, noon, and three. And it was a tremendous discipline. But they weren't doing it to seek the Lord, but to be seen by others. And Jesus was exposing their motive. You see, is it wrong to pray out loud or in front of others? Heck no, it's not if we've got the right motive. I uh, have been in ministry for over uh, 20 years, and uh, one of the, the biggest things that I have seen, whether it would be in, in small groups or it would be in um, ministry teams, people are willing to do anything. They say, I'll do anything you want, but just please don't make me pray out loud. Anybody, right? We just, we just feel like uncomfortable uh, to pray out loud. And might I suggest that we have the right motive, but we lack the confidence. And I know some of you are, are resonating with that today. I uh, have a funny clip that I want to share with you that I think illustrates this pretty good. Uh, it's Ben Stiller from a, a movie that was a while back called Meet the Parents. And it has a, just a fantastic prayer scene. So we want to share that with you this morning. Good job, Buns. Hot patooties. Wow, Dina. Everything looks fabulous. Well, I'll tell you something. It's such a treat for me to have a home-cooked meal like this. Dinner at my house usually consisted of everybody in the kitchen fighting over containers of Chinese food. Oh, you poor thing. What, there wasn't enough food to go around, Greg? No, there was. We just never really sat down like a family like this. Oh. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know that. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace at many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly 
lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen oh greg that was lovely thank you greg that was interesting too <laughs> Let's jump into our passage. We are in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15 this morning, and you've got a pew Bible in front of you if you want to follow along or maybe even an app on your phone. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of this word. Again, we are in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 15. <clears throat> be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. I love this phrase uh, that Jesus uses, do not announce it with trumpets. Modern day, don't toot your own horn, right? Don't toot your own horn. And Jesus uh, is not saying that others shouldn't be aware of our good deeds. Rather, he's commanding that we do not do these things in order to receive people's recognition. Christ commands us to do our giving quietly right? And we just had this offering uh, this morning that went by, you know, and we don't, when we have a big offering, maybe we've had a blessing that we want to do something extra. We don't say <clears throat> cough, right? Look and see what I'm slam dunking into this offering plate today. No, we're to give humbly and not make a big production of it. Um, and, and we're to do it in private out of our own hearts. And then we pick up in verse five, he says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I grew up uh, United Methodist my entire life, and some of you uh, may have as well. And, and when I was growing up, I, I had a few Catholic friends, and, and I would hear them speak of the Our Father, and that kind of puzzled me because I'm like, what's the Our Father? Well, then I came to realize it's the Lord's Prayer. It's the same prayer, and some of you uh, may have been former Catholic as well. 
And then I went to my first mass. And I don't know about you, but when you go to another church, especially a different denomination, you just want to blend in, right? You just want to blend in. And so during the mass, uh, they are saying the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and I thought, okay, good, I can, I know this, and I'm going to say the prayer with every day, everyone else that, that's uh, lifting up their voices uh, in this prayer. And so I'm going on and on, and deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. And I quickly realized I'm the only one still talking. Has this ever happened to anybody else? I know I'm not alone. And all of a sudden, yep, we've got a hand. And so all of a sudden, okay, suddenly I'm not blending in. They realize, hmm, you don't belong around here, right? And, um, and then again, it's just that feeling like, okay, well, now, now everyone knows. But the Lord's Prayer, whether it's the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, wherever we are, wherever we're lifting up this prayer together, it reveals God's person, his purpose, his provision, his pardon, his protection, and his preeminence. And we pray, our Father who art in heaven. Oh, I love how Jesus models this prayer for us. And he doesn't start out with saying, dear God, right? Or, or some other way to acknowledge God. Our Father, our Father. It's personal, it's relational, it's family. God is our Father and we are his children. And we are a family on mission for the kingdom of God. We praise your holy name. We lift up the name of God. And then we pray your kingdom come, heaven come down, right? Kingdom come. We want heaven to come to earth. Your will be done. Not our will. Boy, that's a hard prayer to pray, isn't it, sometimes? God, this is my will. But God says, no, this is my will. And so, Lord, we, have, we just have to surrender. Your will be done, not mine. And then give us this day our daily bread. We don't say, God, I, I need my weekly food, I need my monthly food, I need my, my annual food just for a whole year. No, God will supply our need. Give us today what I need to get through today, just to get through today. And then forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And he goes on to say, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. I uh, have been to the Holy Land uh, twice, looking forward to going back in April. It's going to be absolutely amazing. going to be there over uh, Holy Week and actually be there for Palm Sunday. Uh, like Amy said, double explanation uh, marks that we're so excited to be over there. And one of the, the most uh, profound experiences was in the Garden of Gethsemane that we had uh, last year, the early part of, uh, of 20. And uh, it's interesting where the Garden of Gethsemane is. There's a church of all nations that is right there, and inside uh, this beautiful church, there's this massive, large, flat stone, and they believe that to be the stone that Jesus actually prayed on in the garden, and so it's, it's uh, roped off by these um, stanchions. And then you go outside, and we've got uh, beautiful, old, old, I mean ancient olive trees, and they've got fencing all around it, and then there's paths. And then just beside that is this very busy road. So it's just an interesting place. And uh, as we gathered for prayer, there were 40 of us when we went last year. And there's people moving all about, and there are these paths all around where the trees are located. And we stopped, and we decided to have some prayer time. And it was so profound. 
And you wouldn't think that with the way that I'm describing the road and the people and the way things are laid out. But we took that time and we lifted up prayer concerns. And we have the ability when we're over there to still communicate with folks back home. And uh, we've got Wi-Fi and some of us had cell service. But we were finding out what was going on here in the States. And there were some pretty serious things. Uh, there was someone that had uh, a massive... A heart attack and they didn't know whether the person was going to live or die. There was another person uh, that was having this, this life uh, saving surgery and literally was on the brink of life and death. And then we lifted up our own Jeff Sperry who uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And um, we just, again, we're, we're just praying out and crying out to God in the garden. And he heard our prayers and it was just absolutely beautiful moment to be able to pray for others. And as we were in that time, we ended our time with lifting up the Lord's prayer. And it was so powerful. And when we got to the end of that, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's like the Lord just struck me and I could just feel that heat inside my body. That what does it mean to forgive another person? To not carry around that grudge and harbor that ill will towards another person that may have hurt you. So what does it look like to forgive? You see, Jesus, he died on the cross for our sins, our sins, your sins, and my sins. And so what would it look like in, in our lives if we were able to forgive like Jesus forgives? And it just gave a whole new meaning to that prayer. We're to confess and we're to repent of our sins. And in those moments, God forgives us. And let us not hold grudges and let us forgive others. There are so many types of prayers. We pray corporately like we've done this morning and we pray privately and we lift up others in intercessory prayer. Maybe even in our homes, we say grace before dinner. Anybody say grace before dinner? I, uh, I, we, I say have uh, had the same prayer growing up, have taught my kid that same prayer, and now my grandson, he's only two, you know, we've, we're trying to teach him, he can't really talk that great just yet he's getting there but he knows to fold his his hands and he looks around like what are we doing right what are we doing but he's getting the gist of it and so uh, we love saying grace in this uh, verse 7 it tickles me it says when you pray don't keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him repeating a prayer is not bad it's not bad Jesus is saying, don't pray with your mind on hold and your mouth on automatic. Anybody? Sometimes that happens. We're so hungry, we're so hungry before grace. But we're to not pray with our mind on hold and our mouth on automatic. We're to make sure, to make sure that our mind is engaged with the Lord and that our heart is sensitized whenever we're praying, whenever we are praying. Jesus says, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I want to talk a little bit this morning about the secret place that Jesus talks about. Um, wondering how many of us have a secret place, if that's something new for us. Uh, your Father has a secret place, and he awaits your presence. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A shadow isn't normally a place for good protection unless you're talking about being behind, being behind maybe a big brother as he protects you. Or better yet, in this case, God's wings are hovering over the inches above you, just inches above you in protection mode, kind of like a mother eagle. 
the secret place sounds kind of like a fort maybe that you built in your backyard when you were a kid. Or maybe some of us, we would uh, make a tent and we'd pull all the dining room chairs or the kitchen chairs and we'd put blankets and sheets over it and we'd crawl under and we'd have a pillow in there, maybe some snacks, and that would be our secret place. You see, the secret place of God can be anywhere. It can be anywhere. It's where you go with him. For the past couple of Fridays, I have been uh, hiking in Sharon Woods uh, over these past couple of weeks, and I love it. And I love walking around the lake, uh, also the, uh, the gorge trail. The trails and the paths are so beautiful, and I just can't wait to go when the leaves start to turn. And I have decided that sometimes we need to remove ourselves from the distractions to really hear God. It's hard when we've got so much going on around us. And so as I'm walking the paths of the Gorge Trail, I hear the birds, I hear the sound of the water of the stream, I see the sunlight breaking through the trees, and there's enough elevation that my heart rate is up, and I feel the blood pumping in my veins, and the smell of nature is refreshing. These are times of mental, physical, and spiritual renewal. And then I stop to sit on this bench that overlooks this beautiful little stream and there's a little waterfall. And I began to pray and I prayed that the Lord would speak to me and I began to open up my mind to the Lord. And I guess you might call this a secret place of God. And he takes me to Psalm 23, verse 3. And I read, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The word righteousness is an interesting word. It means morals, morally right, justifiable. And then biblical righteousness means to be in accord or in agreement with the divine or moral law free from guilt or sin. As I am listening and observing mode, I hear the Lord saying to me to share with all of you, and I believe that this is a word for some of us this morning, stay on the path with Jesus it's windy, it's hilly, it's rocky. Follow where he leads. The path leads to life and restoration. You see, in life, sometimes we take a detour on our paths. Sometimes we trip and fall and we go the wrong direction away from the Lord. But whatever path you're on, good, bad, ugly, or maybe you're even lost, Jesus meets you on the path that you're on to lead you and to restore you. All you have to do is call out to him. So a challenge for you, and you will hear this from me repeatedly, how are you caring for yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually? I've uh, used this image before and it's so good I want to use it again. Prayer is kind of like a walkie-talkie. I remember growing up with, as a kid playing with walkie-talkies, so much fun. This was before cell phones. Probably kids nowadays don't even know what a walkie-talkie is. They just you know, are familiar with cell phones. But we know how these work. You have to, to push the button in in order for the person that's holding the other walkie-talkie to be able to hear you. And then, in order to be able to hear them, you have to release. You have to release your fingers so you can hear what it is that they are saying to you. I like to propose that sometimes we just keep our finger on this button way too long in our prayer time. And we need to learn to release, to hear what it is that the Lord is saying to us, two-way communication, to listen to what the Lord is saying to us. 
I want to share a, a prayer model with you this morning. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's the ACTS prayer model. And the A stands for adoration. How do we address God in our prayer time? And lately, Adonai has been coming to me. Adonai has been in my prayer times. And Adonai means my Lord. So that's the A. The C is for confession. What are the things that we need to confess to the Lord? Uh, I don't know about you, but I can go through my whole day and I think, okay, wait a minute, I didn't handle this right, I didn't say this right, uh, whatever, A, B, C, D, E, right? And I need to confess those things to the Lord. Forgive me, Lord, that I didn't handle something the way that I should have. And then T is for Thanksgiving. What are the things that we're grateful for? So many times we get hung up in, Lord, um, I'm beating myself up so much that, that we need to say, Lord, I just confess these things to you so that you can be forgiven. Uh, or the laundry list of things that are going on in our life. Boy, sometimes that list is long of prayers. Um, but we've got to take that time to give thanksgiving because there's always blessing. And sometimes they, they're disguised. Sometimes our thanksgivings uh, come in disguise. And then the S is for supplication. All kind of prayers. Uh, what are the occasions that we're praying for? Uh, how are we lifting up our prayers, but also the prayers on others' behalf? Boy, what an honor we have to intercede for others, to lift up prayers, to be able to pray for another person. And then I've added an S to this prayer model, silence, a time to listen to the Lord, a time to receive, to take your finger off the button. Okay, Lord, what is it that, that did you want to say to me? And people will often ask, you know, how do you, how do you hear from the Lord? You know, how do we know when we can hear from the Lord? So a couple different things. One is scripture. God speaks to us through scripture. I uh, heard a saying a couple weeks ago that, uh, that, that the Bible is the breath of God, right? It is God breathed. It's the, the breath of God. And we believe that and to read it until we feel the wind blowing on our face. I thought that was so beautiful. So his word speaks to us. Sometimes images will come in our minds, a word, uh, maybe an impression that we get. That's the Lord's subtle ways, I believe, that he speaks to us. Sometimes bold ways, but sometimes very subtle ways. A couple of weeks ago, I went to a, a conference uh, up in Cleveland and was really looking forward to it. It was Wednesday night until uh, Friday, and I was going up with uh, two friends, uh, that, that are from Dayton, and uh, the one prayer, one prayer, one friend, um, uh, her name is Tracy, and she's really a friend of a friend. I'd only met her one time, uh, but she was interested in going to this conference and was able to get off work, and so we were really excited for the three of us to go up, and uh, I happened to be in my prayer and devotion time uh, at that time of the morning when she messaged, and I'm just addicted to technology. I'll let you know between the watch and the phone, and, and but I had it with me, and her message came across, and something told me I need to pay attention to what it is that she's just sending. So uh, she sent this the day before we were supposed to go up, and she sent this message at 9.41 a.m. She says, hello, lovely ladies. I'm writing because sadly I cannot go to the conference. I'm so disappointed. My car broke down last week, and I had to buy a new car. It was supposed to be delivered yesterday, but it won't be delivered now until Thursday. And I'm trying to figure out a way to come, but it's a slim chance. And so I thought about uh, what she had written to myself and our other friend. And a typical response a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, would have been, gosh, I am sorry to hear that you're not going to be able to join us. That is such a bummer. We're going to miss you. But I'm in my prayer time. That's not how the Lord directed me. So I want to share my response to her. It says, I was in my prayer time this morning when this message came through. I asked God to give resolution to this challenge you have with your new car and that he would provide a way for you to go to the conference to make a way when right now there seems to be no way. I'm sensing this is where the Lord wants you to be for these few days. It was approved through your work and now you have a bit of a, bit of a challenge. 
where the enemy is trying to distract you, praying for resolution, providence, and his presence to remove barriers. In his mighty and powerful name of Jesus, amen. Fast forward 509 that very same day. Ladies, I can come, long story, but I will be able to come. Amen, amen. And I couldn't wait to get up to Cleveland to hear what had happened. And uh, apparently she bought a car through CarMax. I've not done that before. And it was supposed to be delivered, got delayed. And they said, no, we can only bring it now on Thursday. Here's our dilemma. And they called her back that day and said, it's not gonna be ready, can we bring it on Monday? Hallelujah, she was able to go. And a friend of hers loaned her their brand new car so she could drive up to the conference. So I share this with you this morning for a couple of reasons. One is how do we need to change our mindset in our prayer time? How do we pray with expectation and boldness? What would it look like to change up our prayer life and to know that there is power in prayer? There's power in prayer. So let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we come before you, and we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be in communion with you this morning, to be in this two-way communication. And Lord, I pray that you would stir in our hearts and awaken our senses to be able to sense you in our midst. And Father, we are reminded from the Apostle Paul that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And Lord, we thank you for the bold prayers that we have lifted before you this morning. But God, we also know that sometimes for unknown reasons to us, prayers are not answered in the ways that we had hoped. And in those times, Lord, we're reminded whether the prayers are answered the way that we would want or for reasons they would not, were not answered in the ways that we had hoped for, Lord, that you're still good, that you are still good. And so, Father, God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, to be in relationship with us, Lord, and for your Holy Spirit who moves about in our lives. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all of God's people said, amen. <laughs> 